Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop them. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me to his house and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Live here from Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive, I am Ben McKee, is live from the Low T Center studio. It is a beautiful Monday morning. It is September the 20th. It is five minutes past the top of the hour on the best day of the week. That's right, Monday. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm good, man. Why? Hold on, Ben. Hold on, Ben. Hold on, man. What What's wrong, Ben? You okay over there, Ben? I'm good. You sure, man? Yeah. All right, man. Hey, Tennessee gets the win, 50, 50 something to nothing, <laughs> fifty a little bit to nothing. Ben, I, I need to, I need to hear more excitement in your voice. I need I need to. I need to know. I need to hear that happy Ben coming off a big orange win, fifty-six to nothing. I'm Where, always happy, Swain. Where's the energy? Uh, you okay, Ben? I'm good. Hey man, I fell asleep last night. Did not see Lamar Jackson wheel his team back to a victory over the Chiefs. I figured you would be a little upset about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't exactly fun to watch for me. Always want the Ravens to to lose, but that was one heck of a performance from Lamar Jackson. Oh, it really was, man. It really was. It really was. The jump pass. Um, I mean, he's he's improving as a passer. So, um, man, that 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 football team they've pretty much had to uh, withstand tons of of preseason injuries and dealing with injuries now. Man, that's a huge win for the Ravens. But okay, Ben, I think I hear a little bit of a Energy in your voice. I've more. had the I... same energy okay. si- since the jump that I have every single day, okay. Monday through okay. Friday. You, you're just trying to get at something because the Steelers lost. That, that, no, that's the only no, yes. no, no, yes, no, no, no. Because once again, you're a bad friend. No, you'd be surprised because I have people send me, you know, funny memes of Steeler fans, and I did not even send it to you. I did not share it with you. Because I am a good friend. I did not want to rub it in because I know how it stinks to lose, number one. Number two, to lose to John Gruden. Oh, I was rooting for the Steelers because I am not rooting for John Gruden. I still ain't forgot, John. still ain't forgot how you led Tennessee fans on playing games. 
So I was going for the Steelers, man. I really was. Um, but enough of that. This week is Gator Week. This week is Florida Week. This week separates the boys from the men. This week separates um, good coaches from, from great coaches. This week exposes uh, a lot. Exposes your weaknesses. Reveals your strengths. This week is the week that we've been waiting for. Now, Pittsburgh was the first big game, first big test. Tennessee came up short in that in that test. And boy, doesn't it sting a little bit more knowing that Pittsburgh lost this weekend to um, a directional school in Michigan. Was it Central Michigan, Western, Western. Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Western. Southwest Tech, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Central East Which one was it? Western. How many Michigan, Michigans are there? Too many. So Tennessee loses to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes on to lose to Central Michigan, which is proof that it's any given Saturday. Just because you beat one team one day doesn't mean you're going to beat another team on you know a different date. Or the next week, you gotta play your A game, play your best each and every week because anybody can beat anybody if you if they are focused and you are not. Um, Florida over the weekend, Ben, I watched. I'm sure you did too. Watch the Alabama Florida game, and uh, you know Florida fought their butt off. They fought their butt off. It came down to the last possession for Florida. Uh, one thing that impressed me about Florida's football team against Alabama is not them being able to have some success on offense, but really it's them competing and battling in the trenches, not getting dominated. Uh, that is, for me, the number one concern this week, and it's something that um, that concerned me. So um, looking forward to uh, this week, all the uh, breakdowns this week. We'll go back and watch more of Florida and Alabama. Uh, but, man, it's going to be a huge test for Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's already, what, a – 17 and a point, 17 and a half point, 18, 19 point underdog in this matchup so far, Ben? Uh, the, the one that I pay attention to every week is 22. I don't know if it's, it's come down from 22, but uh, Circa Sports, the, the one that, that I see every Sunday, the, the first one to come out, the one that I pay attention to, for, for no particular reason, just a coincidence, uh, was at 22 when it came out yesterday. Yep, no one's going to pick pick Tennessee at all. Uh, and listen, it's been that way for a couple of years, so it's not like it's much different. But man, this is this is this is lemon booty week for for, for coaches uh, when you're playing in the SEC game, and uh, certainly for the first SEC game for Tennessee, uh, I've, I've seen my fair share of coaches pucker up during this week because this is the week that you judge. You're judged by Florida. You're judged by Alabama. You're judged by Georgia. And here's the first test. But um, review Tennessee Tech game where Tennessee won 56 to nothing. Uh, could have, should have beat them 70 to 80 to nothing. Um, but um, I like 56. I ain't got a problem with 56. I'll take 56. I think after three games, man, I think the picture gets a little bit clear about what type of football team that Tennessee has. Maybe there's a lot of questions. Maybe the picture was blurry after one week. Okay, was that was that just the opponent? Was that just a bad game? Or was that just one, you know, you know, blip on the radar? Um, 
when you played Bowling Green, didn't know, okay, this is this is the team that we're going to see moving forward. And then you played the second game against Pittsburgh, and some of the same things came up, but also you saw some improvement in different areas. Now you've played your third game, and it's really hard to sit here and go, whoop, we know everything you know about this Tennessee football team because they played Tennessee Tech and uh, really played one team out of three. But they're, they're, there's three games under the, under the belt. Uh, I think the picture's a little bit more clear about uh, who this team is, what they will have to you know, battle up against this football season, um, and what areas are a concern and what areas are strength. So, Ben, anything clear up for you about this football team um, after watching um, Tennessee Tech, Tennessee this weekend? Not really, just because of the level of competition. I, I think things will truly come into focus that that blurry photo that you mentioned I, I think the camera will truly come into focus this weekend we we are going to learn a lot about Tennessee this week and I, I think you can even say next week when when Tennessee travels to Missouri uh, these these next two to three weeks I, I'll take it a step further and, and uh, include Tennessee's next home game against South Carolina on, I believe, October 9th. The, the next three weeks at Florida, at Missouri, at South Carolina, we are going to learn uh, the, the true definition of this football team and uh, whether it's a six-win football team or not, quite frankly. So there were some concerning things in, in the Tennessee Tech game that, that we can discuss, uh, but the, there were also some positives. Uh, Tennessee cut down on penalties. And even uh, a couple of the penalties that, that Tennessee got, I, I was not a fan of the call. Uh, the, the holding that Laneith Whitehead uh, was called for on the Valus Jones kick return, I, I thought was real, real picky, uh, real, real nitpicky. And there were some other ones that I, that I thought were ticky-tack fouls as well. So uh, it, it doesn't really matter who the opponent is. Uh, Penalties are, are penalties, and uh, Tennessee significantly cut down the penalties, which uh, I thought was a, a, a great thing, obviously, and, and that's now two out of three games to where penalties have uh, have been under control, which was a question about Josh Heupel's team uh, coming into the season based off of the, the penalty records that he had at UCF. And then the, the defense was able to get his hands on the football. And yes. I, I said last week that I, that I wasn't really concerned with the lack of turnovers that Tennessee was forcing because Tennessee was in the right spots to make those plays. I would be more concerned. It would be a huge concern if, if guys weren't in position to, to make the, the play on the turnover. And it finally paid off this weekend. They, they were finally able to reap the benefits uh, of their labor. So it was good to, to see Jalen McCullough, uh, Solon Page, Tamarion McDonald, Delonte Taylor uh, all, all get their hands on the football. And Tennessee be plus three on the afternoon in, in turnovers. So that, that, that was a, a good thing, obviously. Penalties and turnovers, you, you saw a, a correction, I guess you could say, uh, in those two departments. A little concerned about the offensive line not pushing – around Tennessee Tech's defensive front. I thought they took a step back. I, I was surprised by that. I didn't think that uh, the O-line w- was bad the first two weeks of the season. 
but I I did not think they played well given the level of competition on on Saturday and and that's a that's a concern going into Florida was was it a one game thing of them playing bad football because it's Tennessee Tech and, and they just weren't ready to go mentally because it was an FCS opponent uh, will, will that change now that conference plays here and it's it's a prime time game at night in the swamp and, and uh, you, you probably get Cooper Mays back does does, does things change I, I hope so because Tennessee's gonna gonna have to be able to run the football on Saturday yeah speaking of Cooper Mays man I want to see Cooper Mays in a walking boot all week put him in a walking boot all week long um, you know if Either he's practicing or he needs to be in a walking boot. You got an ankle injury, you either practicing or you're in a walking boot or you're getting rehab. That's 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 the way it should be uh, to make sure that you're not putting extra pressure and stress on that ankle that's already kind of sore for a lot of guys. Let's get to the phones, man, and start uh, the show here at Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Let's get to Butch Dooley, who is uh, on line one. Butch Dooley, good morning. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Any victory, well, a victory Monday after a win on Saturday is a good day. Uh, sure. Couple things, the because I watched both games, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Tennessee Tech. Uh, one of the things, well, I want the defense and special teams. I thought played really good. Anytime we shut out the opponent, it's a good thing. The one thing though, I do worry about for this upcoming game is I felt like we probably should have got more. Pressure, uh, as as regards to our defensive line, I felt like we should have got a little bit more pressure than we did, um, and that worries me about them pushing around our for uh, defensive line this Saturday. And another thing that worries me is Saturday. If we have any quick three and outs, it's gonna it's gonna kill us. Um, especially, you know, we got to be able to run the ball number one, but those quick three and outs put a lot of extra pressure on the defense, and you don't want to exhaust your defense early in the game. Saturday, uh, Florida's good. I mean, Florida looks a lot better than I expected them to against Alabama. Uh, I know Florida lost a lot last year, and I mean they fought to the very end. But you know, I'm hoping we have a good week of practice. I'm hoping receivers got to start catching the ball. Um, That'll kill us too. But the biggest thing I think we need to really work on, we need to be able to establish the running game. And shout out to Juwan Jennings for his first NFL touchdown. That was good to see. But I'm just excited for the game Saturday. Uh, it was good seeing the young people get to have some playing time this past Saturday. But yep, any win's a good win, though. Beat six to nothing. We'll never complain about that. For sure. <laughs> you, you right about that, uh, Bush Dooley. I ain't gonna complain about a win. Um, you know, we got a win and the effort was there. Like, I, I'll complain if, if, if you know, you're not playing with uh, maximum effort and you look like you didn't want to be out there. I mean, I think the year where Tennessee beat North Texas, like, was it 24 to nothing? And it looked like we didn't want to be out there. That's a, that's a problem that I have. Um, the North Texas game, UMass. Yeah. Uh, there, there's another one that I'm forgetting. South yeah. Alabama. I mean, there, there, there's been some some ugly games against lower-level competition. 
that that Tennessee has has looked uninterested in playing. That that was not the case on on Saturday. Yeah, that's 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 what I have an issue. Is when uh, it doesn't matter if we're playing against Florida, if we're playing against Tennessee Tech, doesn't matter. Whenever you don't put that that effort forward, I'll always have a problem. And um, you know, that's a slap in the face to fans and former players and. And um, you just never want to see that. But that wasn't the case on Saturday. Guys play hard. Guys were having fun. And uh, I said this last week. It's just it's just really hard to get up in the same way that you would get up for a Florida game or even a Pittsburgh game when you are playing a Tennessee Tech, you know, FCS school. So I mean, uh, they played as 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 hard and had as much excitement as I thought they would have, uh, considering the opponent. So let's let's continue the phone calls. And uh, let's get to uh, T. Gamble. T. Gamble, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing today? Man, I'm well, man. How are you? Good. Hey, a uh, couple things I want to talk about. Um, the only thing that we had to go off of about Alabama this year is that Miami game. Well, Miami just got beat by Michigan State by 11. So that's just something to chew on. Yep. Um, I know Hendon looked okay on Saturday. I still think the risk of Joe Milton outweighs the steady Eddie of Hendon Hooker. Does that make sense? Yes. I think, uh, I think Joe's leg can get you more, and I think if he connects on one out of eight deep balls, it still outweighs what Hendon can do. And, I mean, it's not going to be easy against Florida, but we're going to have to rely on him to connect on one or two deep balls just to maybe keep us in the game to even have a shot. Uh, and then the last thing before I get off here, I sent Ben a DM of when Josh Heupel was talking to uh, Alcoa's head coach, and uh, that guy did not look too pleased to be talking to Josh Heupel. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Hopefully Ben can share that with you or <laughs> post it up so some people can see it. But anyway, hey, happy Monday, boys. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, T. Gamble. Well, Gary Rankin doesn't smile anyway. He rarely smiles. So oh, he, is, he is not smiling in this photo. I'm sending it to you. Right now, over text, he he is a uh, he's not smiling. It also looks like the photo kind of caught him in in a in a bad moment. He oh, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't ready for the photo. It looks like that's yeah that's that's but that's that's Gary though, man. That's Coach Rankin. <laughs> that's that's him, man. I've you know I I've worked in Blunt County as a caseworker, so I had some I had some kids there at Alcoa, so I would go um, to to Alcoa. I would see him, you know. Then uh, also. When I used to do high school football preview for Fox 43, I would go and talk to him, you know, there. Um, I can tell you that all the times that I have encountered Coach Ranking, I don't remember him, like, smiling, smiling. He just, he just really intense. That's his natural look. Uh, doesn't mean he's always mad or mean, but that's just his natural look. People can say the same thing about me. Uh, you know, I have a natural, natural, um, I guess a natural frown. I don't really smile naturally. But RBF? Yeah, that's, that's Coach Rankin. What'd you say? RBF? What does that mean? Resting blank face? Oh yeah, 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 I guess so, man. I guess so. That that's uh I guess that's hereditary uh for for me on both sides. But yeah, man, that's Coach Rankin. And um I'll be I'll be checking out Coach Rankin uh this week. I actually we'll be talking to him this week because I'll be doing high school uh football. Uh Robbery Thursday is at West High School in Alcoa is coming to town, man. The battle between uh, the two 
number one ranked teams in their class. You know, West is 5A number one, and Akoa is 4A number one. Uh, so I'll be talking to Coach Rankin this this week, man. It's funny you mentioned him, and he's brought up. Um, let's take a break, Ben, because there's some there's some things that I looking at this football team after game three that I can say is is clear uh, about about this football team uh, after three games. After three games, uh, I'm not gonna sit here and say that. You, Man, we sure learned a lot about this football team, you know, after just the Tennessee Tech game. I'm not saying that. But after three games, regardless of the opponent, I think it's pretty clear where we are as a football team, where the um, weaknesses are, what we got to get better at. And if we're going to win games, what group has to play well uh, and what do we have to do very, very well. And I also tell you what this team, uh, who this team reminds me of, too. Um, there's a past Tennessee team that reminds me of this team that I want to share with everyone, share with everyone as well. So we'll do that coming up after our first break here. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Swain Event, fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event crew. As the weather heats up, so does our market. And from Johnson City to Knoxville, eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties. The chili is hot in East Tennessee, so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market, I'm just a phone call away. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. 
I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. I'm live at Beatty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive. So, if you remember, excuse me, I was watching Juwan Jennings' first touchdown catch, man. You know, you know he was going to give us a little dance. You know he was going to celebrate. You know that, Ben. He is definitely going to celebrate and wasn't able to do that at Tennessee even though he wanted to so bad. You know he was going to dance. So, uh, man, really cool to see Juwan Jennings get into the end zone and um, be on this squad, make this squad. Happy for him. Um, but this team, the picture for me is starting to become clear. I I, I see what the coaches what moves they made in the offseason to bring in particular players, hit the transfer portal, addressing some issues at the wide receiver position, wanting to address some issues uh, defensively with pass rush. Uh, I see now what they see more clear than before. Um, unfortunately, you had some, some you know, a retirement there at the offensive line. You had an injury at offensive line, and now it, it's, it's really touch and go. You can you can see that, uh, even though Tennessee rushed the football for 200, 200 plus yards against uh, Tennessee Tech, Ben, the line of scrimmage did not move enough, did not move enough for me to feel uh, great about this upcoming SEC slate because we understand how these games are won. It's won in the trenches. It is won in the trenches. We can go back to the Georgia game. We can go back to really any game of last year and go look at the line of scrimmage um, play in that battle. And that's where games are won and lost. And uh, I, I wanted to see the line of scrimmage move more against Tennessee Tech. Now, Cooper Mays wasn't out there. You know, how much does that change? You know, when he's out there and he's healthy, um, you know, Tennessee was able to move the football and move the line of scrimmage a little bit against Pittsburgh. 
Um, so, you know, we take that with a grain of salt and you know, kind of put that in your back pocket and see, you know, what happens as we approach SEC um, play. But that's something going into SEC play that, that concerns me based on what we saw at Tennessee Tech. Um, I do see why Hendon Hooker can be the best quarterback for this offense currently if Joe Milton is continuing to struggle throwing the football and connecting on deep balls. Now, I think we got to do a good job of protecting him by throwing some other routes, some intermediate routes, uh, that can be big plays, splash plays. Because splash plays are really plays over 25 yards. So you can't tell me that a dig route at, at 15 or comeback at 18 with one missed tackle can't get you 25 yards? No, it can. So you don't have to always go deep for those splash plays. You can have splash plays throwing you know, intermediate passes and letting our guys uh, make one guy miss and go pick up some yardage. But I see, I see the picture a lot clearly. 2014, Ben, 2014, we played um, Justin Worley. We played quarterbacks that was a little um, of a statue in the pocket. And remember the 2014 offensive line. The, the year before, 13, that was an offensive line that had several NFL uh, linemen. You had Tiny Richardson. The only reason he didn't go to the NFL and not playing today is because of injury. You had Zach Fulton. You had uh, Juwan James. You had some ballers there on the offensive line. And you redshirted Alex Bullitt to bring him back because, you know, you needed his help. You needed him the next season. And so he comes back in 2014, but the offensive line was a weakness of that football team in 14. And remember when we went down to Ole Miss and what happened there and the, at the beginning of the season? I mean, we just struggled with protection. And it was the Alabama game 2014 where Dobbs made you go, huh, man, we, we are moving the ball. The offensive line doesn't look as bad. Well, it's because Dobbs – was making guys miss, making, you know, defenders that broke free or unblocked or beat their man, he made those guys miss. And I see why Hendon is so important to this offense because he can he can account for that. When you have a quarterback that's more of a sitting duck that does not possess the agility uh, to make guys miss in the pocket, it makes it a lot harder for you. Now, Milton is athletic, but he is not athletic enough with his legs as, as a hooker. He's not. He's just he's not. But his it, arm. Interesting phrasing there. But his arm, his arm is what, is what attracts you. His arm is, is why these coaches um, felt like adding the speed on the outside with Javante Payton, um, you know, being excited about a, a – a, a, uh, Valus Jones, being excited about uh, uh, Jalen Hyatt because they possess that speed, you pair that with a big arm, you might have a, a you know, Las Vegas Raiders type of offense where Henry Ruggs on the outside and you got Derek Carr hitting deep passes. Uh, we saw that yesterday um, against the Steelers. Sorry, Ben, just using an example. but It, it helps like, when T.J. Watt, Joe Hayden, Devin Bush, Tyson Alualu. Stephon Tuitt are out. Also love how nobody cared about talking about the Steelers last week, your words, and, and then all of a sudden you've referenced them three times today. 
I'm just using an example, Ben. Don't get in your feelings. Because no, you, the right, you brought it up to put me in my feelings, sir. You ain't the Raiders, the, the Raiders are known because of Al Davis. They, they always draft fast receivers because they want to hit the deep ball. So they draft fast receivers, and they wanted to do that. Is why they drafted Jamarcus Russell, and they had questions about Jamarcus Russell's work ethic. But Al Davis wanted big, big play arm and speedy receivers on the outside. So, like, in comparison, like, I see why – I see – why our coaches went in that direction. I totally get it um, because you have to try to account for the the offensive line deficiencies. And so hitting big plays can cover that stuff up. Um, big plays, big plays, big plays. So you get more of that with, with Hendon's legs, but you have opportunity to get more of that with Joe's arm. But you haven't gotten that so far Um you know, the season because you've had some overthrows, you've had some, you know, some things with the receivers not running through catches. Um, so, like, I see why even, you know, spring, summer, this was, like, this was the plan. Now, the plan hasn't, hasn't gone right. It hasn't at all. Like, everything that this coach staff has, you know, wanted to do offensively, it has not gone according to plan so far. Now, the season's young, and you can hit on those, but that's going to be what helps us offensively. That's going to be – uh, how we generate offense and potentially put ourselves in positions um, to to win, but you got Florida this week, you got Missouri on the road, and then you come back and you play South Carolina. You're gonna have to hit some of those those big plays uh, on the outside. Um, but this remind this team right here reminds me of the 2014 Vols. They really do. Offensive line, yeah, got some. You know, you got some playmakers. Remember, you had Jalen Hurd. You know, come in as a, as a freshman. Uh, you had that, that freshman group in 2014 come in and really shine. Uh, but they were young. They were inexperienced. But you had an offensive line that was not that great uh, and that was average. And it was the reason why Tennessee, um, you know, barely got to, you know, bowl eligibility and finished the season strong. Um, that Pittsburgh loss hurts Tennessee's chances and a big way of becoming both eligible, but this team reminds me so much of 14. It really, it really does, man. It does. Uh, I want to hit on a, a couple of different things that you brought up. Uh, you, you mentioned the receivers not running through the catch, and I wanted to point something out for the people who were throwing you, Swain, under the bus last week for uh, sticking up for, for Joe Milton and, and the quarterbacks or, or whatever their, their comments were. Uh, last week, some of which were very ignorant. Swain's point was magnified in the Seahawks-Titans game. Go watch Julio Jones's 52-yard reception in which he ran past the DB. When CBS showed the replay of Julio running, it, it was the replay of just Julio running his route. Didn't show anything else on the play. Showed him from the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage until he caught the ball. Mm-hmm. Julio does not turn his head and look back for the football until the very last second, and that was after, as you explained receivers are supposed to do, after he released from the DB. When he mm-hmm. was a half step, a full step ahead of the DB. As soon as he had gotten past the DB, he turned his head and looked for the football, and that's what Swain was illustrating that Tennessee's receivers were not doing in the Pittsburgh game 
that contributed to the deep balls not being completed. And again, that that's not saying that it's that that the quarterbacks do not have blame in this because they do. It's just what we have been trying to share here on the show that it's not all one person. It, it is multiple people not fulfilling their responsibility, not taking care of the details on each and every play that is leading to a, a lack of success on the deep ball. That that that's what what Swain was trying to communicate last week when he talked about Walker Merrill and Javante Payton against Pittsburgh running with their head turned back towards the quarterback looking for the football for for 20, 30 yards. Because when you do that, A, you don't run in a straight line. B, it slows you down. And Julio, one of the the world's best receivers, greatest receivers of all times, he he did exactly what Swain said receivers are supposed to do. And what do you know? It, It resulted in an explosive play when the Titans were down not feeling great about what was transpiring, and it sparked the team. So um, for those of you who did not understand what Swain was talking about last week, I wanted to point that out. Uh, Butch Dooley mentioned Tennessee's lack of pressure on Tech's quarterback on Saturday, and I'm not as concerned about it as as it may appear. Tennessee pressured Tech uh, 14 times on 36 Tennessee Tech passing attempts. 14 out of 36 against Tennessee Tech sounds horrendous, but I don't think it was that bad because Tech got the ball out quickly all game long. I mean, it, it was it was rare that that they ran a play, if they ran a play at all, in which the quarterback had to sit back in the pocket and go through his progressions. It, it was quick stuff to, to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands uh, because guys like Matthew Butler and Quan Blakely and, and Barron and uh, some other guys, they were coming all game long. It's just they didn't have a ton of time to get to the quarterback because, because Tech was, was getting the ball out quickly. So uh, I, I don't recall, even after rewatching the game yesterday morning, I, I don't recall a time in which Tech had just all day to sit back in the pocket and throw the football down the field like – Kenny Pickett did the week before. So uh, pass rush is a question mark going into this Florida game. Just how 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 good is it? Is it a reasonable pass rush? We'll find out this weekend against Florida. But I, I didn't – it didn't stand out to me in the Tech game as a concern. I, I just thought Tech did a really good job of, of trying to get the, the, the ball out as, as quick as possible and – I mean, maybe once or twice did did Tech what was Tech able to sit back there and go through their progressions? Sure, no, for sure, man. You brought you brought the Julio Jones play, and I saw it in real time, and and uh, I re, I rewound it, um, and I counted how many yards that Julio was looking, and it was less than ten. Um, he he was digging. Now, he made his cut. He 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 put his foot in the ground and um, stepped on the DB's toes. That's the term that you use uh, when you are releasing from a DB downfield is you want to step on their toes. You want to make that cut right in their small bubble because if you make it too far away from that DB, he can just adjust. But you want to be able to step on that DB's toes, and Julio did that. Uh, it, was a, it was a post route um, on the left side of the formation. So he stepped on the toes, and then he didn't look. He didn't look. He stepped on his toes, didn't look for 
uh, about 10 yards, and then, he, and then he looked. And that's the difference. That's the difference between uh, what we did in the Pittsburgh game, what we have, have been doing, versus the way you're supposed to do it, which is a perfect example. Julio um, showed us in that, that post route, that 50-something yard uh, catch that he had. That's the way it's supposed to look. So that's why uh, when we talk about Joe Milton, when we talk about Henry Hooker and the wide receivers, it is a and. It's not, well, it's just – you know, the incomplete passes or overthrows, it's, 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 it's the receiver. I mean, it's the quarterback's fault. Yeah, some of them are, but some of them also, receivers can do a better job too. So it's Hendon Hooker, Milton overthrowing receivers, and the receivers are not running through catches like they should be as well. I don't know why anybody would want to argue with me about playing receiver. Like, really? Yeah, that, I mean, that, like, that like, seems silly. Like, really? <laughs> I mean, I ain't trying to sound – you know, full of myself here, but I'm like, yo, like, seriously? I mean, yeah. Kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, makes no, that makes no sense to me. No, it, um, it, it makes no sense to me as well. And I also wanted to point out uh, your point about the intermediate game as as well, and I believe you said that you'd like to see more of it. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see it, Swain, uh, on, on Saturday. And I know it's Tennessee Tech, so maybe it's on purpose. But one, one pass – Left side of the field, middle of the field, right side of the field. One pass attempt between 11 and 20 yards. And it was on the right side of the field for an 11-yard completion. It's all behind the line of scrimmage with, with some screen plays. It's, it's short routes, 0 to 10 yards, or 20-plus. There are no intermediate routes. I don't, I don't think it necessarily exists in this offense uh, one one pass attempt between 11 and 20 yards. And even going back to the Pittsburgh game, Joe Milton attempted two passes in the first half before he got hurt between 11 and 20 yards. And Hooker, on I believe 22 attempts last week, five were between 11 and 20. So I don't think you're going to see the intermediate stuff. I, I think it's quick stuff or bombs over Baghdad. The, the thing that comes to mind is, like, why? You know, why why are you not seeing that? Well, it could be it could be the simple fact that our guys just can't do it. So if you can't do it and that's not a strength of ours, then you shouldn't do it. But then I would ask the question, why in the heck not? I mean, you, sh- you should be able to do it. You know, bursting, you know, curls and comebacks, that's, 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 that's chapter one of the wide receiver book. That's... You know, that's simply getting out four cones and putting it in a box and just running full speed, cutting at, cutting at the cones. Like it really goes back to, you know, the fundamentals of, of route running and being able to burst and um, do those things. You, you can't just run in a straight line all the time. Um, you, you can't just raise up, catch a screen, or just run in a straight line and run go routes. You have to be able to do um, everything. So, that's something to pay close attention to. It's three games now where we haven't seen much of it, uh, and maybe that's just that's just not who we are. Uh, watching this game made me realize that Tennessee needs to recruit, 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 and recruit some more um, because I can tell we want to do some things, but we're unable to do it because we just don't have the personnel. So uh, that was the case in, in, in Butch Jones' first year. Second year is a case in Pruitt's first year, and, no reason to think that it's not the case now. I think um, 
once we hit the season, I think people forget about the expectations, like the fair expectations. Uh, I think a lot of disappointment and anger comes from your expectations being out of whack. So if I expect, you know, Ben to do something and it's it's unrealistic and he can't do it and I'm over here getting mad about it, is it Ben's fault? I'm asking him to do something that he can't do or is it my fault for having these crazy unrealistic expectations? Well, Storm would say it's my fault. Yeah, but it means like, like hey, Ben, I want you to go and, and, and dunk a basketball flat-footed. If you can't do it, who's to blame, me or Ben? Me for thinking Ben actually could do it or Ben who can't do it. But if I say, hey, Ben, go do a layup, man, and you fail to do that, then, then that's another story because you should be able to do a layup. So I think w- w- when we get to the season sometimes, there's a preseason feeling, there's a preseason realization, uh, and then we get to the season. I think sometimes we, we forget about that. We let that fly out the window, and we got to remind ourselves. We got to pinch ourselves and go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Expectations. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, ah, man, I got, I got the moment. The season was start. Ah, man, I forgot about that. And, I, you know, I have to do that as well um, because I'm like, what? Why? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Oh, yeah, that's why we went out and got all these transfers because we were weak in that area. So, um, you gotta check. You gotta just check your your expectations, um, and then you know go from there. Anyone on the phone, Ben? Oh yeah, the 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 phones are, are jam packed. Let's, let's get go. To, let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Kenny, Big Orange Mac, and then Dave Tona. Kenny, good morning. What's going on, man? What up, Kenny? Hey, hey, hey! What, what, what's the IQ song? Uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Blanks like you are bad for my health. <laughs> Absolutely, my brother. Hey, listen, um, there was one play i never forget at the Pittsburgh game. Where, uh, what, what's our first quarterback then? I forget, man. I'm sorry. Joe Milton? Uh, well, yeah, Milton. Okay, so anyway, he threw a, a pass across the middle, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, fans behind me was booing, right? So I kind of said, hey, did y'all kind of see what happened? What you mean? I said, you know, he had to throw it behind him because that DDP was waiting to declare him, right? I said, if he'd have led him, it'd either been an interception or he'd have, you know, saying, got popped, right? So, and it's like, oh, okay, I see that, right? So, my point is, it's like, you know, it's a, like you say, it's a team thing, right? I mean, we could talk all the time about the quarterback, but you've always said the quarterback is, is the glory spot, right? But I, I think we as fans kind of need to kind of, like you say, take a step back and look like, hey, you know, because we don't know, we, you know, we don't know what they're supposed to do. We don't know what the receiver's supposed to do, we don't know what the offensive lineman's supposed to do. If I could have missed a block, blah, blah, blah. You know, we just don't know. So I, I kind of like how you put people in perspective, man. That, that's cool, brother. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's not always one player, man. It, it's, you know, it takes a lot for a player to be successful. Um, and so I, I, I don't remember exactly what throw that was. I do remember Milton having a throw across the middle that was, that was really high. Uh, and off target uh, in, in that Pittsburgh game, but yeah, there's there's certain throws you make to protect them and throw them away from DB blow ups, and you know you want to settle them down in, in a zone uh, when they're running th- through a zone. Maybe you want to hit them on the back shoulder or the back hip to kind of stop them. Um, so I'm not exactly sure exactly what play you're talking about there, but all I know is the the passing game issues 
have not all been on the quarterback, but you know, a large majority has. Um, and the receivers got to do just a better job of making it easier, and they haven't been good either. So uh, it's a combination of, of both, to be honest. Let's get to uh, Big Orange Mac. Mac, Big Orange Mac. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Jay Swizzle. Good morning, Ben Jammin. Uh, there's two key stats that always stick out when we play Florida. Some of us old heads remember the key stat, the two key stats. Mm-hmm. Winning the running game mm-hmm. and the turnover battle. Mm-hmm. We can do those two things. We give ourselves a chance. Now, I don't want to give them credit, but I got to get Florida played above their head Friday. Either Florida is better than what we think they are, or Bama ain't as good as what we think they are. Somebody going to slip up on Bama. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody going to slip up on The lame train. <laughs> I think you're right, Benjamin. I, I, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a lineman-type fella, you know, kind of a – uh, a round, round built fella. So I'm partial to the trench warriors, and uh, I'm kind of concerned. You know, against Tennessee Tech, we wasn't getting a good push, uh, offensive line or defensive line. You know, we had, but I didn't get to see the game. Just seen a couple clips here and there. Uh, we got to get better at that if we want to win this game. We got to control the line of scrimmage on offense and defense. Mm. Uh, uh, we we got to get better. I hope I hope uh, Cooper Mays come back. Uh, I, I maybe it's just me, and you know you can give me your perspective on this, Jay. But I've seen several people during the game on Twitter said, "Man, what what is our strength conditioning doing?" You know, as far as strength wise, you know. And then I kind of think, yeah, maybe it's, some of y'all got a point. I don't know, Jay. Don't get your perspective on it. You know what what. Does it look like that, you know, uh, we may look a little weaker than we normally do? I I think this week is going to tell that story. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I didn't think the strength levels decreased when we went from Craig Fitzgerald to A.J. Artis. I thought we maintained for the most part. Um, now, conditioning-wise, I know our guys are in shape. They, they, you know, they can run like gazelles all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But as far as the trenches and, you know, did we, did we, did we take any steps back as far as, you know, strength levels? I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that. And uh, maybe it's a technique thing. Maybe it's a, um, you know, intensity thing. Maybe a talent thing because you didn't have your starters out there. It, it's hard to put your finger on it, and I would hate to, to make any accusations. Um, yeah. About you know the strength staff being being you know weaker than the one before because that's something that you just can't put back in the tube. That's toothpaste you can't put back in the tube. Um, yeah. And and I don't want to I don't want to you know jump to conclusions there unless I truly truly know. But I think we will know coming up, Big Orange Mac. Yes, I think sir. we will know, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of trench warrior, I got one more thing, and I get off here a little piece. Get on. Uh, what about our big brother Trey Smith just mauling Woo! people two Woo! weeks in a row? But he's so overrated, Jay. He ain't I no know. good, Jay. He ain't all that, Jay, because folks got in their feelings about Trey. Keep mauling people on front, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Trey is all that. He is all that, man. And here's a good thing, though. He about to get to that second contract real quick, 
real fast, even though he was drafted there in the sixth round. That simply means that he'll get to the second contract um, that much faster, and it'll pay off for Trey, man. Good things happen to good people. I think it's the reason why he landed right there in Kansas City. All right, let's keep it going, and let's get to Dave Tona. Dave Tona, good morning. What's going on? What's up, Dave Tona? Well, obviously you uh, you got your chest poking out a little bit this morning, huh? About what? Because because well, talking about the Steelers, and you obviously you normally don't talk about the Steelers like you do, except no, every once in a while when your Bears win and. Who'd y'all beat? Oh, the Bengals. No, I'm just making a point about the Raiders' deep deep passes. I, not, I'm not thinking about the Steelers like that. And then you setting my buddy up, Ben. You know good doggone well, Swain, you can't ask no white man to jump, especially ask, asking him to dunk flat-footed. Come on, now. You that is, up. Now, that is a good point. That's why I would never ask him to do that or be disappointed if he can't do it. Uh, he, hey, he's no Woody Harrison. I can dunk flat-footed. <laughs> yeah. If you're standing on a ladder, uh, we yeah, spe- the goal we, is- we didn't specify whether it's a, a nerf nerf hoop or the the rim is lowered. We didn't specify, but I can I can dunk flat footed depending on the height of the goal. Right. Why why so, why y'all so defensive? Why y'all so defensive this morning? Ain't nobody talking about the Steelers like you that. I made, listen, three listen, times. I made an example from Henry Ruggs. That example. No, I was talking yes. about Lamar Jackson having a good game and beating the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. We heard the sarcastic Listen, this tone. Is no, this yes. is a, well, y'all are so defensive. I'm not mad at you. I'm thankful for you this morning. Thank you for beating the Bengals. Y'all are so defensive. Don't say y'all. This is a Monday. This is a Tennessee talk show. Yeah, and you're talking about the Steelers. I ma- imagine yeah. showing up to a Tennessee talk show and mentioning the Steelers within three times within 30 minutes. Could it be me? I know it. So real quick, oh, and I'll get off the weirdos. I didn't get to watch much of the game because I had grandkids. Which game? Uh, they don't make TVs? Either one of the games. Uh, I'm not going to get to see the full – I've seen parts of the Tennessee game, but my kids, my grandkids wanted to do stuff, so Pat Up had to do it. In the Steeler game, I didn't same, – same deal. I had seven miss, grandkids miss yesterday. Anyways, uh, so I didn't get to see a whole lot of the, of the Tennessee game. I'm not going to get to watch it until SEC replays it Tuesday night. But uh, so did we go very far down the depth charts? And then my next question is kind of what the last caller said. In y'all's perception, is Florida better than we thought or Alabama not as good as we thought? And I'll hang up and let you No, no, no. I have, have a question, Dave Tona. Go ahead. Your, your grandparents or your grandparents, your grandkids distracted you from watching the Tennessee game or you just didn't want to try to figure out technology and how to pull it up? No, my wife got it pulled up, but mm-hmm. they wanted to go and do stuff, and they know that they're the most important thing to Pat-Pat. And uh, I watched up to half halftime, and then they wanted to walk, walk to the beach yesterday, so we did that. And during the Tennessee game, they wanted to go get ice cream, so we went and did that. So, you know, my grandkids got to come first. Absolutely, absolutely. I just, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't using them as an excuse not to figure out technology. Y'all better sit your little butt down and watch the Tennessee game with Pat Pat. That's, that's, that's what I would say. Sit, sit, sit your little butt down. Sit your little butt down. You're going to watch some Tennessee football today. You're going to give me my three and a half hours. Then we'll go to the beach. That's how, be, that's how it happened in, in, in Swain Pat Pat house. We watching Tennessee right now. Let's, uh, let's get to Eric before we hit a top of the hour break. 
Eric, good morning. Hey, what's up, fellas? What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Am, am I allowed to go sideways just for a second? Go for it. All right. So, uh, my alma mater, Cofield High School, had a COVID game canceled on them Friday against Oakdale. And they go out and uh, schedule Carter High School from Knoxville, who has 62 kids on the schedule. Cofield's got 35. They jump out to 18 nothing lead, uh, 24-7 at half. And then Carter comes back in the second half, takes a 28-24 uh, lead into the fourth quarter. And uh, Cofield comes back and takes the lead, 30-28. And with seven seconds left, Carter scores to go ahead and win 34-30. Is that good or bad for the team? Uh, it's, it's good. Do you think it's a good learning experience to go against a better opponent, or do you think it's a morale breaker to lose like that? I mean, it depends on how you how you frame it. If you you know, if you're the coach, how do you? What kind of message are you sending to your players? What are you highlighting? Uh, and then, what kind of leadership do you have on that football team? I mean, Colfield last year was a team that went deep into the playoffs. Uh, we remember your phone calls, you and Rodney talking, talking trash, and we know the end result of that. So, Colville has good players, they're a good football team, good program, and um, you know they lost considering the circumstances. But it depends on how you respond. Um, they're four and one, and last time I checked, it's about you know what you do in the playoffs, how you play when it matters the most. So, they got plenty of time before. Uh, the end of October when playoffs start. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a morale breaker. I, just, I, I would say that it depends on how, how the coach is um, framing it and how's he how's he using it to uh, motivate his team to get better for the next week. So, Eric, don't think I didn't, I don't know that you're a Florida fan calling in this week either. I I know you're a Florida fan, Eric. I know you're a Florida fan. I was waiting for the Florida jabs, Ben. Wasn't you waiting on that? I cut him off before he could get him in. <laughs> we had to go, that's because we got to go top of the hour break, man. Swain event live here from Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Be right back.